Hello, welcome to tonight's session podcast, all the fun stuff. Uh, tonight we're going over uh, taking something from the book to the table, going from pop culture to the table or to your games. Uh, hope you enjoy. Stuff and Things, Things and Stuff, our podcast. Uh, we're going to be going over uh, From Book to Table. Topic is From Book to Table, taking pop culture and adding it to your table. Um, or to your games, I should say. Um, no star guests this week, unfortunately. Last minute complications. They'll be with us in the future, though, so keep an eye out for that. Um, put my phone over here and put it on silent so I didn't go off four billion times while we're trying to talk. So... Um, we will probably get a couple other people showing up, but if not, we are joined by the fantastic Dagger House, and and, and and Frozen's in here, but I think he's just listening. Um, so, oh, I should probably turn off the giant banner, uh, though I will start with that this week. Um, the Kickstarter for the RP Crafts uh, Book of Conflict, Blue Oasis, is finally up and out. Uh, if you're on our Discord, we have links to it all over the place. Uh, they've already hit their goal, so we're super excited about that. They hit in 24 hours, so everything from here on out is stretch bonuses and all that fun stuff. And I think they're almost at the s- second stretch bonus. I know they've at least hit the first. Uh, they've also added some different tiers for buying stuff that are a little bit cheaper, but have dice and things like that. Oh, hey, look, it's frozen. Um, so go ahead and check their stuff out uh, if you want. All right, I sent the thing. You can try again. There you are. Woohoo, there's a frozen. Um, yeah, so I'm going to leave that up there for the people watching, because you guys don't need to see our faces or who's talking. I'm, I'm in the corner. It's fine. Though we did just find out that you can do videos, uh, in the classroom, so that's exciting. Um, but all that... Is that a new feature? That's, yeah, that's totally new. You couldn't do videos before, so that, that that's exciting. Um, you can also, like unmute the music so like if it gets really boring you have to step away or something there's music or in between people talking or whatever yeah there's there's cool stuff um oh, it's super dark in my video um i look like just the floating head uh but that's okay so uh all that aside um let's get started on this topic sorry brain brain a little fraggled here um so pop culture to table um, we're going to talk about the level of acceptability um, in both professional and uh, personal games. Uh, I think we're going to go over like what is considered pop culture for the reference of uh, nerding out and being geeky. Uh, because depending on where you are in your stuff that you like, pop culture can be different. Um, you know, Defining what your pop culture that you're talking about, is it the new and greatest thing that everyone loves? Or is it just like general concepts like comic books or things like that um and that's my first question i'm going to throw to my guest uh is what do you guys consider pop culture yourselves what what is something that you'd be like oh yeah that's for sure pop culture i'm gonna guess uh 
I would go with things that come straight from the movies, uh, Star Wars references, Star Trek references, or, uh, you know, MC Universe, uh, Harry Potter, you know, that kind of stuff. Okay. I, th- I think that's a pretty solid answer. Uh, Frozen, you got anything to add to that? Um, no, actually, I, I 100% agree. I, but I also think that in, it includes, like, uh, really anything that's really mainstream popular at the time. Okay, so that leads into my follow-up question about this. When does it stop being pop culture? Like, is there a time frame on it? Or is it like every time it gets renewed and thrown into the public, it's pop culture again? Uh, does stuff go in cycles? What do you guys think? I guess it really depends on how big it is. Because um, things like Firefly kind of have a rotation of the you know, people get excited about it and then it kind of goes back in the green. Uh, um, things like um, uh, the movie John Travolta and uh, Omar Thurman. Uh, Pulp Fiction? Uh, Pulp Fiction, yeah. Right? I mean, that, that's kind of got a little cycle to it. It gets rediscovered. You know, it's like when yeah, you hear kinda... kids talk about. I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just saying that I that I agreed with you there. So I I have to argue on that one, um, because I don't think pop culture cycles. Right, you are in pop culture as long as you are the hit thing, right? And as soon as you fall out, you don't count as that. You're then onto some kind of a community culture or whatnot. You know, I mean, things like things like Star Wars got revitalized and got thrown back in pop culture again because they basically restarted it. You know, every sequel generation, you know, I mean, that's a, it's a whole different level of fans, level of interest, all that fun stuff. Um, you know, what I mean, and like by the time stuff starts getting into, uh, you know, when Star Wars had the extended universe, you know, by that time it wasn't pop culture. It was nerd culture again. Um, you know, when it first came out, it was pop culture because it was amazing. It was super cool and then fell into nerd culture for a long time. And then, you know, had the resurgence with you know, when we were kids uh, and the, you know, one, two and three came out. And then, you know, the last couple of years, uh, four, five, six came out. But honestly, I think you could take those time frames and like there was obviously a cycle to it, but they were they fell out. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I think truly. uh when they fall out, they don't really come back. Um, they just have their own culture that is established. You know what I mean? Whether there's a lot of people in that culture or not, give most fandoms 10 years, uh, even with cycles, uh, and they will just be in their own little space. You brought up Firefly. Firefly is a fantastic example of this um, because there's diehard Firefly fans, fans sorry, that have been out for forever. You know what I mean? Since, since they saw it, and there's always new ones coming in and discovering and stuff. But uh, even if it gets popular, popular, it won't. I don't really think it really hits back on pop culture. Um, you talked about the Pulp Fiction movies. Uh, it goes into cult classic territory, which I think is different. Um, and that's just my opinion. What do you guys think? Well, and, and, I, and I guess uh, I kind of got cut off when I got, before I got to that point. So it really just depends on how big it is on whether it remains like because cult classics appear stuff that maybe wasn't pop culture and it wasn't successful when it started, but it gains a following afterwards. People realize how awesome it really was or how clever or how spectacular it was after it's over and done. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I mean, because half of our generation can look back at movies like 
Treasure Planet uh, and be like, look, if you release this as a live action or redid it to where it was actually popular, uh, people would, would eat it up because it's a great story, so on and so forth. But it definitely, you know, our, one of our generation's cult classics where it's just like, uh, time to eat, you know? If you bring that up, that's going to pique like 4 billion people's back of the mind memories. Like, oh man, that was a movie, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> but like, you know, TV shows like Friends or Seinfeld, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I mean, a lot of people still reference the, their jokes, even though, I mean, they're not really cult classics. They were pop culture, but they're done. And they're, I mean, they're never coming back. The stories are ending. Jerry Seinfeld's an old man. All the people and friends are old, you know, they're not going to have like the uh, uh, retirement home friends. You know, that's not going to happen. Well, I don't give them any ideas. <laughs> I've never seen an episode of Friends. I've never seen more than five minutes of that show. Thank goodness. Um... Yeah. <laughs> We're on wow. a break. Yeah, I don't want to hear it. But uh, so, I mean, so there's a difference between like a, a, a following for something and something that uh, was so big that it, uh, uh, you know, like, like you said, the Star Wars, Star Trek, all those people, uh, they were like they influence society. They're, they're, they're part of culture as opposed to being like a cult, cult following. So you know? I guess I guess that's more of a question. Uh, does does pop culture have to be temporary? Because after a while, it does become a culture. Um, more than a community, right? Because uh, we'll go to Star Trek really quick. Um, you know, there's plenty of nerds that still learn Klingon. You know what I mean? You can go to high school classes, some places that have it, uh, and stuff like that. I mean, like, like that's a literal uh, side of philosophy now for stuff and things. Uh, you know, a whole bunch of our silly space programming stuff is either inspired by uh, or directly influenced by uh, Star Trek of various generations. Um, so what I'm going to throw it at frozen here. Frozen, what do you, what do you think on that one? Do you, do you think that's an accurate statement that, um, pop culture has to be temporary? If it lasts long enough, it just becomes culture. You know, hearing you explain it that at first I, I wouldn't have agreed, but hearing you explain it that way, uh, actually makes a lot more sense to me. Um, uh, yeah, I would, I would have to agree with you. Okay, so, I mean, while we're defining stuff, right, uh, I think another pop culture one, especially, like, modern, modern one, is, like, uh, K-pop, right? Uh, mm-hmm. For those of you that don't know what it is somehow, uh, K-pop is Korean, uh, like, boy bands and, and uh, popular music in Korea that is kind of translated, not translated, sorry, uh, transferred over the seas uh, and is popular over here or all over the place, honestly. Um, but that's one of those things where like, uh, it kind of flared up for like a year or so and then kind of died down. And obviously it has its own culture and kind of comes back in those cycles like we talked about. Uh, but it's definitely one of those things that is like different. You know what I mean? You see the different waves of them being popular culture and their references and things like that, uh, being used in other things, you know, whether it's media or whatnot. Um, and again, I don't think any of those... Like as a as a whole culture that it's done in things right with stuff sorry that's super descriptive. Uh, I think it is uh, has had a cultural impact 
but like the individual groups themselves, you couldn't go back and be like, that has affected the culture in some way, right? Like the, there's popular ones, but they affected for a while. They were pop culture. But if you watched a movie 10 years from now and someone made a, what, a BTS, I think it was one of them, uh, reference, uh, you know, most people wouldn't get it. Whereas if you made uh, May the Force Be With You, everyone's going to get that, right? Or, or you can even say a Beatles reference. Right. Okay. A Beatles reference. Well, yeah. I mean, you talk about Yellow Submarine. They changed, and most people are going to know what the heck you're talking about. Um, comparatively, like. Cuckoo yeah. Kachu. Yeah. All right. Get out of here, Walrus. Uh, <laughs> let's see. So, is there any other, like, major uh, pop culture? Again, something that was temporary, a flare. Uh, it could be modern, could be somewhere that you guys like feel yourself reference from time to time. Uh, currently, that you you know is obviously a fading reference. Um, how about I took an arrow to the knee? Ooh, okay, a Skyrim reference. That's that's a that's a nerdy pop culture reference. Okay, that uh, again, t- a decade ago, everyone would understand, but you start saying it now to people, and they're not going to get that ninety nine percent of the time unless they live through it. So, so I guess video games is more of like a, a pop culture experience. So going on to that with the, the nerd culture, games, stuff like that. Um, the other half of pop culture, I think, is it sectionalized. Um, because we go back to the, the, the K-pop stuff, you know. There's lots of people that will not inter- intersect with the people that get the arrow to the knee joke and the people that know all the members of BTS. Um, again, if that's not their band name, I apologize. Uh, I'm, I'm literally pulling it out of my butt currently. <laughs> uh, Text your aunt Chris, she probably knows. Probably, yeah. Um, <laughs> that, that, that is the band name. That, that was the one that was really popular here this last year. Was it? Okay. Um, yep. I, I think uh, the one that like kind of got everybody into it was uh, Psy with Gun, uh, Gundam Style. Yeah, Gundam Style. <laughs> yes. Okay, that's a, I think that's a great uh, pop culture reference, right? Because that was popular for an entire year. Uh, you know what I mean? Everyone knows what that is. But we're getting to the point where, like, there's plenty of people that have no idea what you're talking about when you say that. Um, well, and, pe- and people that missed it, right? I mean, Cerise had no idea, but I'm like, well, I'm Gundam style. She's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, what? Uh, it is really funny how often I make references and people just stare stare at me and, like, just don't get it. Like I will say something like, "Do you want to know more?" Uh, in my announcer voice, and oh god, yes, <laughs> I get stares and eyeballs. What do you? What do you? What do you mean? Only good bug is a dead bug. Speaking of side note, uh, I really need to get the new uh, Starship Troopers Extermination PC. Um, hashtag not sponsored. Hashtag I needs it. Um, it looks great. Uh, <laughs> I need you. Just, just dumb fun. Um. Anyway, that was that was that was Sourdough's first movie in a movie theater was uh, Starship Troopers. He sat in the front row, nine foot bugs. His mom had a cow. These these are all true facts. <laughs> um, I still love that movie though. It's great. You know, there's a whole bunch of them now, right? That's, yeah, they, yeah, came, they came out in the last, the last five years. They've all been wonderful, uh, except for two. Two is weird. Um, but I don't know about wonderful, but they've been okay. They've, they've, been, they've been wonderful. They can't be and great in the same 
feel the entire time. They're nothing like the book, but that doesn't make yeah. them bad. Uh, the little animated ones actually, I feel much closer to the book than the uh, yeah, uh, the live action ones. But getting off topic here, uh, <laughs> back to pop culture. Um, now, how do we take that right? Those those whiffs, those bits of inspiration, and feed them into our table in an appropriate manner. So we're gonna I'm I'm gonna kind of focus this in on three different levels for us, right? So we have the uh, what's acceptable at a private personal game. That's no one else is going to see, right? Uh, where What's appropriate at a, hey, uh, we'll say a group event, right? So you're out in public and you're playing with people and it's like a mass D&D or mass Starfinder or mass whatever, right? Uh, and then there's the professional one. So like something you're getting paid for, whether that's on TV or like someone is paying you to run it like you're a professional GM. So those are the three categories I'm going to kind of flow through and we'll see how it feels. Um, so with that... Um, at a personal game, uh, this is just my opinion. I'm going to ask you guys this afterwards. Uh, there is no actual limit to the pop culture references that you can do at a personal private game. Um, obviously, there's table limits and things like that where you can talk about like, hey, we don't want to go over this or we don't want to deal with this. So on and so forth. Whatever. Cool beans. Your table is your table. But uh, if you're all by yourself doing whatever, you can pretty much reference and abuse any reuse source material to your heart's content. You want to play Iron Man and be Iron Man in uh, your D&D campaigns? You can build an Iron Man suit. Uh, you can be to Tony with two Ys Stark, uh, and no one's going to be upset. Um, at least that's my opinion. You know what I mean? Like, you can do pretty much whatever. You can copy <laughs> whatever you want. It's actually really encouraged for that level of uh, playing with people. What do you guys think? Starting with RJ, and then we'll go to Frozen. Um, so as, lo as long as it doesn't like detract from the game, like, like say if you had Iron Man and you had the missiles and the sensors and I mean, that's kind of like giving you magical abilities with no, you know, no magical abilities. If you're a fighter, you're a fighter. You're not a wizard. Whereas Tony Stark stuff is, is on the level of wizardry in most things. <laughs> so, you, so, so you wouldn't, you wouldn't, I mean, you, you could totally like overpower a character by letting too much pop culture in on it. But I mean, if you wanted to have, you know, a suit of talking armor or something, or, or you know, something like that, that just had one thing or just a few things, and you wanted, you know, play it like Iron Man, but you weren't like, you know, the ultimate powerful superhero, that and, would probably know, be workable. And, and on that note, there are uh, superhero systems out there, like uh, oh, Mutants and Masterminds. You know what I mean? Is a zero, zero, super superhero focused. Uh, TTRPG uh, and it's pretty fun and again there's ways to basically build Iron Man or someone close uh, you know because that's the point of the game you know what I mean that's the that's the idea behind it is be a superhero or a supervillain and do your thing uh, Frozen what about you actually I agree like on a on a personal game level sitting down with friends or people that you you know really well um, letting them kind of just you know pull whatever references they wanted to do Again, agreeing with RJ, like, as long as it's not game-breaking or anything like that. Uh, but, you know, whatever popular reference, you know, you want to be Iron Man, you got to, you want to be Spider-Man, you want to be Thor, you want to be Venom. You know, if we can make a class for it and make it work, why not? I, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's how I feel. I don't think anyone's going to really argue with that. Private games are private games. You can do whatever you want. Wah-ha-ha. Ha. Uh, Content-appropriate 
or inappropriate content is allowed at your table if it's allowed at your table. <laughs> so, uh, with that, we're going to move on to the group setting, right? So this is playing in, like, Adventures League or tournament-style uh, TTRPGs or stuff like that, where you're playing with open groups of people and things. Now, this one, uh, on a personal level, I have a hard line with, um, mostly because most of these events and things have a whole bunch of rules and restrictions for items you can use, how much homebrew is allowed, if, it, if any at all. Uh, and, like, using any kind of uh, real-world reference can really break the immersion for other people. Um, so this is the one where it's like, this is, you don't make pop culture references in, uh, these games, whether as a player or a DM, um, because there is a objective, a reason, a, a certain amount of time. And honestly, with a lot of the, uh, pop culture references, they tend to eat up time with the ha 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 ha, you know what I mean? Cause you're, you're pointing it out. You know what I mean? Uh, what about you? What do you guys feel on that one? Uh, we're going to start with Frozen this time and then jump to RJ. We'll switch it back. Wah ha ha. So, I kind of agree. I think when it comes to like something on a more professional level, um, I think that it's okay to have like a reference to pop culture or have something that's inspired by pop culture, um, but maybe not the exact same thing. Like, um, oh man, I had a perfect example just a second ago, and then my brain went meh. <laughs> uh, mine, mine likes to go to like uh, Frodo Baggins or Bilbo Baggins, you know, Lord of the Rings stuff, where you're basically just taking a halfling rogue uh, and calling him uh, Dodo Fraggins. Uh, you know what I mean? And just yes, you uh, mean that can be funny. stuff like that. Or go ahead. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Again, touching on this, I think it can be funny, but I really think it detracts from those events more than anything because you're making the haha, I'm basically a hobbit, you know what I mean? Uh, it, it gives main, main character syndrome issues, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Unless I, don't, a, I don't know if I would. Go ahead. I don't know if I would let my players do something like that, but like bringing it into the game as, as the guy running it, having that reference in there, uh, I think can be kind of fun. Okay, interesting. On okay. a professional level, you know, it, it, I, I think I would have to be more strict with players who wanted to be more pop culture in a more professional game. Okay, all right. RG, jumping over to you really quick, and then we'll get right guy's opinion. So, um, I, I said it has to all do with the traction. Like, um, we, we both play with people that really play their characters correctly, right? I mean, if the guy's an asshole, he plays an asshole. Even if he's a really super nice guy. <laughs> but if his character's an asshole, he's a dick, right? Or if he's a thief and he's always going to steal your crap, he's always stealing your crap. So if you get one of those people and they want to constantly make Lord of the Rings references while they're talking, you know, they're a dwarf and they want to act like Glimly all the time, instead of their character, they're, they're, breaking, they're breaking the game. They're, they're, they're not, we're not playing Lord of the Rings. We're playing uh, find the golden snitch or find the, uh, you know, the golden sword or whatever, the singing sword, whatever whatever, that, whatever your adventure goal is, that's what you're playing. You're not playing Lord of the Rings of Glimly. So I don't want to hear Glimly's quotes constantly coming out in the game. Um, if that's not what that guy's playing the character, if, if, his, if he's a surly dwarf or if he's a happy dwarf or 
He's a drunken dwarver. That's what he plays it as. He doesn't play it as Gimli because he didn't start out as Gimli, but just one day he decided to throw Lord of the Rings there because someone made an Aragorn reference and it triggered his Gimli in his mind and he stuck on it. Got a Scottish accent the rest of the time. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, or someone using uh, uh, an accent from from a movie character that you can recognize. You know, they sound like Sean Connery or they sound like uh, Billy Connolly, or you know, something like that. That's a, that's what I think a pop culture reference that would be legally acceptable. Um, <laughs> but if they carry it too far, if it is if it isn't just a momentary use, then then you're like the game gets focused around that kind of thing, and you can de- you can get derailed. Okay, yeah, I, uh, I I'm I'm with that 100. percent Jumping over to Rye guy, welcome in there, friend. Yes, hello. Believe it or not, I was actually working on uh, on on business stuff, and then I was like, "Oh shit!" You don't have to explain it to me. We're, this podcast is all about the fun. You come in here whenever you want, friend. Okay, so can you hit me up with the uh, the question? A restating time? of the initial question because oh, I have part. I want to make sure I understand the whole ordeal. So we're talking about uh, translating pop culture references and things into uh, various levels of gameplay. We've already talked about private table, yada yada. We've moved on to uh, like tournament events or large group gatherings or you know like conventions and stuff like that where you have a whole bunch of different dms or a whole bunch of different players kind of in the area for a limited amount of time to try and do stuff and things okay okay well um i guess this kind of transcends that of just dnd if you're playing a game like there are lord of the rings ttrpgs i mm-hmm. do not see that there would be a problem with having, you know, a, a step-in appearance of actual Gimli, you know, and or Legolas or whoever. Or, you know, if you're running a Star Wars campaign, you know, you might run across some of the characters from that franchise, so on and so forth. I mean, you're already running around with their starfighters and everything else, you know, lightsabers and such. Look, so leave, leave my augmented wannabe Millennium Falcon alone. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like, those things already practically exist in the game, so if you add the element of an actual character, um, it kind of runs along the lines of, oh, you're playing a dwarf and you're going to play a standard Gimli-like character. I mean, honestly, from my first campaign, that's kind of sort of how our not-so... um verbally talkative uh, player who was a dwarf kind of acted, you know? Not exactly that way, but, you know, he had a lot of the stereotypes just from the fact of he didn't talk a lot, he was dwarf, and he's kind of like, I'm better than other people. <laughs> I, I do not believe that character said that one time <laughs> No, the he entire campaign. Speak louder than words. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell him you said that. Uh... <laughs> Anyway, but it isn't so much like acting like a dwarf acts, and, and a Gimli's a dwarf. So I mean, that's kind of like oh, your picture of a dwarf. Great. Yeah, it's the it's, use, the use it's is... literally playing like a stereotype, you know. But, if and if that's what you want to do, or right, it could be so, the counter argument so, of playing opposite of a stereotype. Right. So we're not 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 really talking about that though, because we're trying to talk about successfully integrating this pop culture stuff in a successful way in these environments. Um, a successful way. Yes. I would say what is that acceptable? as long as the players 
are enjoying it, if that's what they want, then it's a success. In reality, it's as simple as that. Like, right. if the players were like, oh, I want, you know, more medieval fantasy that, you know, like, I, I want more combats that, that's like Lord of the Rings, you know, whether it be, like, large scale and they're in the battle that is templated throughout the storybook, so on and so forth, chronologically, you know, if that's the kind of game they want to play, sure. If it's as loose as... You know, like oh, so I, you're I'm, on. The... I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt you here, just just because I, I think you're on a different a uh, different bit than we are, because uh, we're not talking about personal games. We're talking about like uh, the set games that have the standard rules that players can only play with such and such items. Uh, you know, I mean, they only have two hours to play through to finish their objectives or with the certainty of you know again more more of a convention style gaming, uh, comparatively to sitting down at a table with your buddies. Um, you know I mean, what in those settings where you're not going to be able to communicate, hey, this is what I want to do and this is how the game is going to run because there isn't the time for it. Right. We're talking games that don't okay. have a session zero. You come to the event with your character already set up for the rules. You know, they get checked by a uh, uh, the equivalent of a referee to make sure there's nothing, quote unquote, illegal in there. Um that kind of stuff. That's that's more what we're talking about, not not just. And, like, and, and you just want to play Luke Skywalker. Yeah, or you just make Luke Skywalker references. Like all your dialogue is just stuff Luke said. I mean, I I, I would frown upon just doing that without having like without without being like the original works and such. But I mean. It's kind of hard to control what other people come out of their mouths. You know? <laughs> okay. At I, the end of the day, they're they're the ones who are liable for what they say. Right. Yeah. And, uh, of course. And then we're kind of just talking about like what's acceptable for as a player, as a DM, to kind of throw those things out there, right? Um, but I I think I think across the board we kind of agree in that setting it's hyper restrictive and probably is just negative in the long run, uh, where it's easier to just be who you are, unless again you're playing a specific. Uh, story or event that's like, hey, we're playing uh, the Battle of Gondor kind of thing. And you're a dude in there and then you get to see the, the references or the movie is talked about or whatever, right? Um, yeah, exactly. And that that's kind of what I was going on. It really depends on the, the campaign setting. If your campaign setting is you're going to run Lord of the Rings or you're going to run Star Wars, you know, and there's, there's a chance that they can play that. Like, there's basically at star wars battlefront on the xbox 360 or sorry uh xbox one or playstation 4 or whatever like you get to play darth vader like <laughs> you know like i could absolutely see that being able to be done in a setting like that if the person who's running the game is okay with that you know if you're gonna be darth vader though expect that there might be an enemy who's luke skywalker pathetic um so i'm uh we're gonna we're gonna ship to our third layer because i think we covered that one pretty well uh and the third layer is the professional gm side right or or the private game so you have paid your money to sit down at a table and it's basically a private table except for you're paying for it it's not just you and your buddies so as a, either someone running the game or someone paying for the game how much pop culture is an acceptable amount um, Frozen, we're going to start with you because you haven't talked much. Um, 
And you can come I, back I, I from both that, ways. I kind of think that it kind of it falls in the same vein of what we've already been talking about. So a private game. So my my take from a, from a DM stance, right? If I'm running a private game, somebody is paying me for me to run a game for them and a few of their friends. If they want to run a game where they're all overpowered or, you know, they're all superheroes directly from the MCU or whatever, you know, then then so be it. If they want to take up the time uh, that they're paying me with references and getting sidetracked because of references in pop culture, um, that's totally fine for me. I'm still getting paid to run them a game. As a player, that would bug the heck out of me um, because I'm here to play D&D. Like, I don't... I enjoy, like, getting rabbit trailed here and there a little bit, but I'm here to play D&D. Like, let's play D&D or let's play whatever game we're sitting down to play. Okay. I mean, I think that's totally valid. RJ? We got additions or other thoughts? No, I think... I mean, how could, how could it be any other way? If you're, if you're playing the to play if you're not playing a pop culture style TTRPG I want to play like I said play your character how you're supposed to play your character not don't overwhelm it but it, I mean sometimes uh, you know you have one guy holding holding the fort and everybody's standing around he's like run fools I mean that's kind of a pop culture reference from Gandalf but it doesn't it doesn't break the game you know, but at the same time, I wouldn't want the guy quoting Gandalf all the time. Like I said, it's just, it's just a matter of usage and, and when it's appropriate, great, you know. You call it to toss me, you know. He's use that but, one all the time. Not gonna lie. Yeah. But uh, as long as it doesn't overwhelm the game, if it's a, if it's a, a comment, fine. If it's they're, they're going to start playing their character that way and it wasn't set up that way, that sucks. Okay. All right. Right, guy. Okay. So they're paying me to run a game. Okay, so you're and... taking this from the GM's perspective. I'll, I'll do it from both. Okay. Right, but if they're paying me to run the game and they're like, hey... I want high fantasy, big battles like Lord of the Rings. I'm going to, you know, maybe I'm going to, whenever I go and I lay out the template of what's going on, I'm going to be like, hey, here's the setting. This is the timelines within the Lord of the Rings history that we're in. This is the location on the Lord of the Rings map that we're at, you know, so on and so forth. And if, especially if it's a long-term game where it's like, a game where I'm going to be running multiple sessions for people. I'm going to take the time to maybe do it a little bit of extra research on my side. The game mechanics, let's say they want to play it Lord of the Rings style game, but they want to use the D and D five E system. Mm -hmm. Then I'm going to be like, Hey, so your characters are going to be restricted by the system as to what they can do. So that, one particular player is not overstepping the boundaries and capabilities of other characters at the table so that everybody can have fun, right? Because we don't want no one punch man out there going and blasting away enemies 
you know, first turn, be like, that, that's not going to be fun for other people. So I'm going to explain to the character, like the people at the table, like that we have to remain within the constraints of the system, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but if you want me to run a Lord of the Rings game or Star Wars game or whatever universe game, sure, I'll do it and I'll go and create stop blocks for enemy opponents and monsters and other excessive mechanics that I might need to be able to run the game in a way that you hopefully appreciate. Okay. And so that everybody can have fun and that there's balance. Right. Okay. So that's from the Um, the GM's perspective. What about as a player though? Let's say you're paying money to do a game. Where do you draw the line? What would annoy you as a player? What would annoy me as a player? Mm -hmm. If I have another player going and playing their character as Gandalf, you know, that's how they want to run their character. That that doesn't really bother me. Now, if I'm like, hey, I kind of sort of, like, I, I would mention to my DM, if it's like, hey, you know, you're you're mentioning a lot of things in regards to um, this particular genre. Is that, like, and if I didn't like it, I would, I would tell my DM, I'd be like, hey, can we alter some things like you didn't tell me that this was going to be straight Tolkien, you know, and I'm not a real big Tolkien guy. <laughs> I don't like Tolkien. <laughs> you know, and so it's like that. That's just the conversation that I would, I would bring up whether it be like, you probably wouldn't even notice during that session unless it was like, heavily impacted and it might even be something that you discuss before like you should have some generalized concept idea if you're going to spend money like on what that campaign setting is going to be like you should have already had that with the session zero or within first five minutes of playing i agree and that go, that's that's going to go jump into my two opinions right so from a gm's perspective uh, I don't think unless the system I am playing specifically is Lord of the Rings or Star Wars or uh, Firefly or Dune, right? Because Dune's one of the systems that we have that is like a, a official one, you know, that in Star Wars. Uh, those those games, those systems that we run, unless I'm specifically running that, I am not going to take anything from those things, right? Like the main places, the maps, none of that is getting taken. I might take the feelings or themes, right? Uh, we might throw in some cool weapons that are very similar, but not the same as uh, what they have. Again, we're doing a lot of Lord of the Rings references just because it's easy. But there might be mini stingers or needles or something silly like that uh, in the stories that glow when hobgoblins show up. Um, you know, whatever. Uh, but, you know, we're not going to call the sword stinger. Um you know, there might be a, a wizard in white that runs around and causes havoc and flies around on large pigeons, uh, but it's not going to be Gandalf on the eagles. Um, and again, unless the, the the people that are paying me are paying me to do that specific system. Because uh, sometimes, you know, those paid GMs are also the people that do stuff on YouTube. Uh, and, like, you got to be really careful with how much content you take from other people's universes. Uh, I, again, we're, mess- we're, we're referencing Lord of the Rings a lot, but there's a whole bunch of other pop culture stuff that if you touch and it's not yours, you're going to have trouble, especially if you do it publicly. Um, so you got to be really careful with your references and things like that. And you got to be witty about how you change stuff. Um, something I've seen a lot 
uh, I'll get to my player perspective in a little bit, but uh, as a GM, something I've seen a lot uh, is copycats of uh, Dimension 20 and uh, Critical Role, right? Those are really popular. People have seen those, and lots of players expect you to run games just like them, so they build stuff that is very similar, uh, if not the same. You know what I mean? They'll take those free templates off uh, D&D Beyond or Critical Role sites or stuff like that and just, you know, attach that to their character. And sometimes it works, and other times it's just like, please stop, don't do that. Um, you know, as a as a as a professional, uh, that session zero is really important to set the tone and attitudes that you want for your games, right? And what the expectations are. You know, we talk about this in a whole bunch of other things, setting the expectations. Um, but as a GM, right, I make it very clear where my this is okay and this is not while building characters. Um, you know, especially in that session zero. Uh, I generally walk through most of the character creation with our people because, you know, you're with me for four hours, might as well, right? Uh, so we can avoid and talk about and then figure out, because not everyone's super good at, like, role-playing and being that asshole if they're not an asshole-style uh, person, right? Um, so letting them take a touchstone from someone else, right, that is popular. Uh, we'll say Spider-Man. You want to play Spider-Man, so you're playing a monk or something, right? Um, you can start with all those very pop culture references, uh, and then redefine them into their own character, which is my suggestion as you mold your players to do so. Now, from the player's perspective, if I'm paying for a game, um, I personally, um, again, unless the tone of the game is set where we're meant to be goofy or silly or doing the, you know, the references all the time, uh, I, you know, if, if we're making more than one or two references in a game to outside pop culture stuff, uh, it's going to feel bogged down eventually. And that's just kind of where my head's at. You know what I mean? And that'd be something to talk to the GM or the player. And that's from both sides. Like, if I see a player doing it a lot, I'm going to bring it up. If I see the GM uh, doing it a lot, and, like, I can tell that all of their material is basically they just stole the plot to Firefly um, or uh, Batman Year One or something silly like that, right? Uh, if you can see that and it's really clear, you know, that, that can kind of harm the storytelling because, you know, you know where things are going to go eventually. Um, and obviously it's a little different if you're like running modules or things like that, and that's the purpose or the point, but whatever. Um, I'm going to digress a little bit. Uh, any other thoughts kind of along those veins with those topics for the paid stuff? And then we'll kind of go into our final thoughts. RJ, you're on. Well, I, think, I think like the positive incorporation is, like I said, if it works in the moment, as mm -hmm. long as it doesn't get carried to the extreme like i said using a quote from a character or using a theme from a song you know if you're a bard you got to bust out into a song and you want to sing um i mean i don't know what the popular song is right now but um you <laughs> listen know listen to the radio come on yeah i i do but uh i don't know the names of the song but i probably <sighs> seen the did the tune but it's um but you know what i mean so, so you, you you sing a um taylor swift song for a second that's okay to add into the game. It, you know, you're a bard, you're singing a song. It's a pop reference. But as long as you're not, like, singing Taylor Swift all night long and annoying the shit out of me. But if you if you have to sing a song and you actually have to sing one, and all you know is Taylor Smith, it's okay to bring that into the game. Okay. Raga, what you got? I feel like... um. 
that with, with everything, I, I feel like there's an aspect of inspiration and there's aspects of inspiration that can, uh, that are formed from just knowing something. And then people who are either too familiar with or not familiar with enough don't um, have enough. I don't want to say brain power because that sounds rude, but uh, aren't, <laughs> don't have that extra creative spark, you know, in that moment, not just in general, but like in that moment, you know, to come up with something different, especially if it's like on the spot, kind of like what RJ says, well, you know, it's Taylor Swift. Like, you're going to start seeing Taylor Swift, you know, um, when the DM's like, go do the thing. And it's like, oh, 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 shoot. You actually want me to do something? Oh, no. Oh, no. Right. And so um, I think there's there's an element of that. But I also feel like. Honestly, I I cover a lot of like. I cover a lot of stuff over like a like a little makeup, like tell me the difference really between a lightsaber from Star Wars, an energy sword from Halo, and a flame ton, you know, or something similar from, like, D&D. Like, at the end of the day, you can kind of describe said item, and they all kind of sort of sound the same. At the end of the day, they're all a sword with some form of power beaming through something else. You just, you just um, made me cringe so hard. That entire statement I mean, hurt my soul, but I'm gonna shut up. Well, like, I, I mean, like, it, it's really like there's if if you have a particular player and you know that they like something in particular, you know, then throw it at them, give give them a bone, you know, it can be fun. Um, with especially if it's like not their entire character, but I mean, if if they're gonna roll with it and they're paying you. you just just be like, okay, sure. Have some fun with it. Don't get hemmed up on it. Right? Just try to make the most of it as long as other people don't mind it. I agree. That's that's totally on it. Frozen. So I I kind of feel like there's a difference between being inspired by an element of pop culture and bringing like something into your character or into your game that's inspired by pop culture and just letting the whole thing get taken over by the pop culture. Pop, pop culture, not pop culture. Wow. You know, pulp fiction, same thing. <laughs> I was thinking you know, that. uh <laughs> <laughs> for for instance, um no spoilers or anything like that, but I went and saw the uh the new D&D movie and saw a lot of things that really kind of like inspired me. And I would love to take elements of that movie and bring a few of them into my next game because I thought they were really enjoyable. You know, I, I, I think it's okay to take some inspiration from pop culture and bring it into the game without letting it take over the game. So uh, that, that goes on to my final thought, right? Uh, which we go into the the realm of memes, right? Uh, memes are are an excellent source of pop culture because they're created every day, all day, uh, and they're shared and passed around and things like that. Uh, we go into the thought of these memes, right? And like, again, they can get dated, but for the most part, once a meme is established as something that's uh, a standard, we'll say. Uh, you know, it gets it gets held on to for a long time and stays in the, the populace's back mind. 
uh, back of their mind kind of thing for a while. Um, so I guess the question with that, with in regards to pop culture, how much is it okay to meme about stuff? Um, when you're making your uh, lightsabers that aren't lightsabers, uh, are you, you know, do you have to meme it up to make it funny? Um, does it, you know, is it, is it your obligation to make it kind of a parody or do you need to make it a serious thing? What do you guys feel on that one? If your guard doesn't take an arrow to the knee, you're not doing it right. Okay. <laughs> Fair. RJ? Uh, go ahead, sorry. <laughs> like, wow. Is Frozen's name RJ? Um, uh, I, 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 again, it, it all has to do with the like I, I couldn't see a, a quality game being upheld with a lot of memes, but if if you threw one in there, you know, I can see where like the challenge accepted meme could be, you know, uh, yeah, throw, hilariously throwing an, throwing an oldie but a goodie at us. Nice. Sorry, continue. <laughs> but uh, you know, I uh, what do you mean? Oh, I use that one all the time. Still, what are you talking about? I got I got that saved in my photos. Um. <laughs> From 2012, <laughs> sir. It's been over a decade since that meme was popular. Hey, if that little white cat can keep coming out with him, I'm going to keep using challenges. <laughs> Sorry, continue. Um. So, 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 like I said, I can't see how like sustainability throughout the game they would it would be useful or, or encouraging. But if you drop, like if you drop one in and it was appropriate, it wouldn't be a bad thing. But as like a lot of them, no, I, I mean that's not there. That's that's taking away the imagination and bring it back into uh, doing your thinking for you, you know, doing the visualization for you. I mean, some people don't even like like using even even the, the figurines because they give you an idea of what things look like. So the disc on the ground gives you a location. Your imagination tells you what your character looks like, and you verbally describe it so that people have a picture for it. And then that's really part, part of the game. Other of us like to see, okay, that's what my guy kind of looks like. He's about this big compared to the freaking dragon, which is this big. So I understand <laughs> why I can't put in three squares is a stupid thing. But some people can understand three squares is three squares, man. Stay away from that disc. The quarter is dangerous. The bennies need yeah. to stay away. <laughs> Frozen. Exactly. Sounded like you had thoughts. Um. Yeah, kind of. Uh, I think if your whole thing is going to be like memes or meme references, is uh, to me that would just get old really quickly. Um. I. I think. Uh, going back to like your original thing, like if you're bringing in lightsabers, if you if it, it depends on like the players and the person who's running the campaign, if you're going to make a parody of something and hold it throughout the campaign, like I, you know, somebody wanted to play with a lightsaber or something like that or something similar to a lightsaber, I would have to make it a ring and call it the Schwartz or something like that, because <laughs> you know, nice, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> uh, 
I, I think that like like RJ was saying, you know, having the occasional meme drop or the occasional meme reference can be funny. It can it can uh, you know break up a tense situation even sometimes. Um, but it, not not letting it take over the whole game. So I think a uh, personal example, and a couple of you can back me up. Uh, in our games, I like to use the sound effect board, you know, sound boards and things for adding adding two situations that are goofy. Um, sometimes it's you know using it for voices or just sound effects or whatever. But there's a lot of just goofy uh, meme stuff that I throw in there for NPCs talking, uh, and that's what they say, or you know just background thoughts for for everybody. Uh, so uh, on a personal level, I I think the meme image uh can be done in an acceptable amount but you're right too much you're making your whole thing unless that is your character and they're like some kind of trickster demon that's fourth wall break in deadpool style-esque uh and even then uh, the, you know that that might be too much depending on the group of yahoos you're playing with and sometimes you'll find a group of yahoos that that's all they want to do and so you just meme it up and meme your way through the the forgotten realms and call it good uh but you know, end of the day, it's really, really up to group tolerance pretty much across the board. Again, the only real big exception to that is when you're playing in a public setting. Again, this is more directed at conventions or tournaments uh, for various TTRPGs where there's a whole bunch of rules. Uh, basically, I would cut off any major pop culture reference. Again, inspirations, cool. It's quick references while you're doing things uh, at the right times, like RJ is saying. Totally acceptable. Uh, but don't build your character off a meme. Uh, don't don't be a meme. Don't be a you know whatever in those situations because it just ruins stuff for everyone else. Um, having to call you uh, Boblin the Goblin, you know, is funny the first time you do it. But you know, you play more than a session together, or you know, get referenced a lot. It gets annoying. Um. So that's my final final thought. Do you guys have anything else else to add, or uh, shall we do our fun stuff? Go ahead. I have something to add. Oh, no. I mean, yeah. I believe that our collective group of discussioners has came to the conclusion that bards should be excluded from D&D. <laughs> because they are walking, talking memes. That's all they do. They've seen pop culture references. They sling insults of vicious mockery that they pull from different movies. <coughs> And they're they they are in themselves a walking meme because you know, uh, let's just look at Shrek. There's a donkey, and he has sex with, he has kids with the uh, with the dragon. You know, that's basically a bard reference. Over here, over here, using uh, adult words. Uh, you're telling me the Ritz donkey himself uh, is too powerful. Absolutely, absolutely. His little baby donkey babies. Terrifying. The implications. The implications. Sorry, if you haven't caught up on, like, the more recent-ish Shrek movies, then I, I spoiled look, it. Look, You're welcome. Look, I think the most recent Shrek movie, not including the Puss in Boots stuff, was, like, five years ago. So Exactly. I, I that's that's my point. <laughs> but, um, but, like, in reality, I mean, like, if... If you have a problem with somebody at your table, you know, using all these meme references or going and being a particular uh, stereotype or, like, character that they're trying to emulate because they might be simply trying to improve their acting, you know? 
And the easiest way to do that is to emulate somebody else. And until they get to the point where they can use their creative spark in them to go and publish that, then I say if if they want to emulate that other character, you know, go for it, especially if they're in a voice acting career. Mm, voice acting career. Uh, I hadn't heard things like that in so long. But that's that's really my my just I mean, if if you got a problem with the player or the DM doing this particular thing in regards to pop culture, you should mention it to those individuals, you know, have a one on one talk with them. That's fair. All right. Uh do quick wrap up. Again, I'm gonna point out to our screen up at the top here and be like, check out the uh uh RP Craft uh Book of Conflict brutal races it's on kickstarter it's going now guaranteed at this point because they've hit their goal um i know we've i know i spend a good good bit on stuff to get all the cool things but uh definitely check it out yourself there's you know pdfs real books dice uh, uh dm screens all kinds of super cool stuff that they've done it it's done by a whole bunch of professionals they're super cool guys uh check them out there's plenty of time left. The I think they're it's a month long campaign and they're like two days in, so there's still a day or two left of their uh trying to think of the word uh early bird special. So a lot of their higher end stuff has you know ten twenty dollars taken off of it somewhere around there. Um, so keep that in mind. Uh, for us, um, next week is our game week, so we'll have uh D and D on Wednesday, Lancer on Thursday. Um, Boo. It's a... <laughs> wow. All right. Tell us how you real feel. Uh, on that note, we have a code because I'm remembering it because it's the first of the month. Uh, well, second of the month now, but you know what I mean. Uh, the code this month uh, for June uh, is you know, we're, we're gonna we're gonna make fun of RJ here and just do dagger capital D A G G E R. That's a pop culture reference. You can't do that. Uh, too bad. It's dagger nine oh seven capital D lowercase everything else and some numbers, uh, and that's our code for the month. Uh, it's... Didn't even ask for. Me. I'm not booing Lancer. I'm booing Thursday night. Oh, oh, sorry. Okay, well that that makes me feel better at least. Um, let's see what else we got. Um, we might have a ne- uh event that we're going to live sometime next week. Uh, it hasn't been finalized or anything. Uh, our next scheduled event that we will be out in the public doing stuff and things, uh, will be the first of next month. Uh, we'll be out in Esther, which is kind of by Fairbanks, uh, at the uh, Heathen, Heathen Fest, uh, I believe is what it's called. Uh, so that'll be fun and exciting. Um, let's see. Anything else? Younger, am I missing anything? Oh, new items. Oh, oh, new items. Sorry. Uh, this month we got two new items in. Um, so we have 20 millimeter or 30 millimeter, sorry, uh, acrylic dice. So they're big, big old dice. Uh, if you're worried about kids choking on dice, I recommend these because they're gigantic and there's no way small babies are shoving it in their face and you won't catch them. Uh, and then we picked up some hollow dice, not a ton of them. So they're kind of limited, but they're super cool styles. Uh, we got 10 unique sets in currently. Um, so limit, limited supply, but enough to give out if needed. Uh, and we should have our galaxy style dice with a whole bunch of new colors and things. Uh, coming in in the next couple weeks, hopefully. We're kind of just waiting on for them to ship. But they'll be here soon. Um, so if you're waiting on those soon, eventually. Sorry. Um, yeah. 
Anything else, or shall I pop the music? So the turtle dice are really cool. I'm going to say that. I bought some. Oh, They're turtle awesome. dice. Yes, turtle dice. The, the, so those are the acrylics with something inside them. And and they're softer. They're not a they're not a hard acrylic. They're so, so they don't make as much noise on the tabletop, um, and they feel just different in your hands. And they roll really well. Thank you. Appreciate it. And leave a review on the website. Gosh dang it! <laughs> All right. Um. Let's see. Anything else before we dip out? Younger frozen. I'm gonna take the silence as a no. Here comes the song. We'll see you all uh, in a couple weeks. Bye. Well, 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 that's all she wrote. Again, this month's code is Dagger907, Dagger907. I hope you guys all have a wonderful night and hope to see you in the future. Bye!